Hey, good morning, everybody. So good to see you guys. It's Rodney here, the lead pastor of One Shot Church. And uh, I'm excited about what we have planned for you guys this morning. Uh, we have uh, somebody who's like family to me, um, somebody who uh, is really the epitome of what our vision and what our goal is as a church is trying to accomplish. Uh, my brother, Sonny, he will be sharing a message today, but as I was reflecting about him as he was preaching and in his sermon, I couldn't help but to think that, you know, what helped him to get to the place where he is and where he's going has been the fact that, you know, he's had a, a strong and a solid faith in Jesus. Um, he's also had a strong and solid faith community uh, backing him and encouraging him. And uh, that's the vision of our church. Our church is we want to be a community, a real church made up of real people who are helping people to believe in Jesus. Simple as that. And to belong to the faith community uh, where Jesus is the center of that community. And we believe as a result, you will become all that God has intended for you to become. So without further ado, why don't you guys welcome my brother Sonny in the comments, show some, show some love, like, share, encourage him. I believe this is his first time preaching on a Sunday. So uh, man, I'm excited for him. And I just want you to know, brother, I love you and I'm so proud of you. So proud to be a big brother of yours and to be a footnote in the story that God uh, is writing for your life, man. So without further ado, be encouraged, somebody. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome back to One Shot Church. My name is Sunny. I'm a servant leader here at One Shot. And uh, today I'm coming to you with a message uh, titled To Be Molded. And uh, But before I go to get into that, I want to say a quick prayer and we'll jump right in. Uh, so Father God, we just thank you for gathering us here. We thank you that uh, you are going to be uh, giving us a word, and we accept, we are open, our minds are open, our hearts are open, and we are ready to receive. I pray that you speak through me to each and every person on the other side of this screen, that you will, uh, that they'll get something out of this, and that will touch their life, that they are able to apply going forward as well, and that um, we can leave here different than we came here. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. So, uh, to be molded is the title of the message today, right? And so, uh, as I was thinking about uh, coming up in my life, uh, I remember being in middle school, and um, it was my sixth grade English class, and my English teacher, uh, shout out to him, I don't want to name drop or anything, but uh, he was saying, um, what what does it look like for you to write? And he just sat, put out this kind of like wide casting uh, fishnet of a question. And he was like, what does it look like for you to write? So our first assignment was just to write a paragraph. You know, at that time it was like, what, five to eight sentences uh, about what our summer would look like. So as we we're writing, he just wanted us to just go free form just to see what we knew, right? And so I had been informed by some of my older cousins what middle school would look like coming out of elementary school. So I knew that I had to organize myself. So I made my own little graphic organizer, try to do the best that I can, right? And uh, try to make it look nice and presentable. And so as I'm making this graphic organizer, and I'm like, I'm gonna address this, I have my bullet points, and it all has to make sense. So long story short, I turn in my paper, and I get it back, and he's like, it needs work. And I'm wondering, like, I thought I did everything I needed to do. 
I thought I fit the mold. I thought it made sense. But he had a mold that was fitted. And as we went through the year, I realized, okay, I started learning the whole introduction, the body, the conclusion. And there was a mold already created that was acceptable, that hit all the points that I didn't know to hit up until that point. So in that vein, I came back and I was thinking about how that applied to my life, right? And what does it look like for me uh, to try to create a mold because I know it, my life has to go this way, my life has to go that way. And what does it look like for me to apply a mold to my life so that it can go in the direction that I want it to go in? And so it brought me to uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and uh, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Right? So as we look at this, it's talking about being conformed and conformed to the world at that, right? And then being transformed by the renewal of our mind, right? And so what does it look like for us to be conformed, right? Everybody tries to have a mold. I knew that I wanted, I wanted to have a mold. I knew what my life, what I wanted my life to look like. I wanted my life to go in this direction. I wanted to be able to accomplish this and do that. And I wanted to hit these milestones and these checkpoints. And I wanted to hit it in this time. And by 25, I wanted to be married and by so-and-so and so-and-so. And everybody has their milestones and checkpoints that they want to hit. And what does it look like to conform, right? So we look at the idea of what is conformity, right? It says don't be conformed to the ways of the world, right? Conformity is literally uh, fitting into a schematic, right? And I think maybe a lot of my engineers that are watching or people who are interested in those kind of things know what a schematic is or a blueprint, right? And a lot of times we try to create this blueprint for ourselves, right? And in, when it talks about that, that understanding of conformity, the first point that I wanted to leave you guys with is understanding or recognizing the mold of the world, right? What does the world want us to look like, right? And so what that entails, right, what, what is the schematic of the world, right? And so what that entails is us understanding who is the world or what is the world, right? So if we look at... Uh, uh, Corinth, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, right? It says, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded their minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Essentially, it's saying that the the ruler of this world is the enemy. So you, your mind or whatever that God is trying to convey to you, which is the gospel of Christ, right, is being covered or it has a veil over it. It kind of creates that image of, uh, I don't know if they do this anymore, but uh, having that veil over your face when you're getting married or having a veil over your face when, um, you know, they take you somewhere and they kidnap you. That's a little more morbid, but um, uh, but having that covering that creates a disconnect between you and the outside, right? Or what what is trying to be conveyed, right? And so that veil is what separates us from God, right? And so saying 
define in defining the world, it's saying that Jesus is the one that unveils us from the things that uh, the world is trying to cover up from us. Uh, the real truth of the gospel. What is uh, that is the the fact that Christ has done a finished work in all of us, and it is for us to live in that victory. It's for us to live in that truth. But there is a disconnect, right? And so that's what is happening within the world, right? And so as we try to recognize what is the mold of the world, there is a duty on us to be able to look inside of ourselves, look uh, inward and say, what is it that we are trying to create? What is the world trying to impress upon us, right? And saying, this is the way our life should go. This is the path that we should take. This is the, uh, the mold that we should fit into. Uh, whether it be our careers, whether it be our relationships, whether it be our family, our personal, emotional, uh, mental state, all of those things the world is trying to impress or uh, force its own will onto us. But our duty is to look inwards and recognize that these are the molds that we should break. These are the molds that uh, we should come out of and look onto Christ. So that's what this pivots on, is that Christ is the one that is uh, creating the mold for us, right? And so my second point is to talk about what, is, what does breaking the mold look like? So when we go back to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, right? So what does it look like to be transformed? And what does it look like for our mind to be renewed? So for that, we'll go to uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, and that says this. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Essentially, we're getting an image of Christ, right, and his finished work, right? And looking at Jesus as our author, as the author of our faith, right? And whatever mold or whatever scene that we have tried to create for ourselves in this world, whatever path that we have tried to forge for ourselves in this world, has to be broken in order for us to live in the truth of what God is trying to create in our lives, what Jesus has already uh, put forward for our lives. So what first needs to happen for us to break our mold is to understand that there's a transformation that needs to happen. And the only person that can make that transformation happen is Jesus Christ. And he has already finished that work, right? And there's an there's a image of Christ being seated at the right hand of God, uh, as if to say his work is finished. And that's exactly what he said on the cross, that it's finished, right? And so that's a present perfect, which means it is finished and it's continuing to be finished, right? And so as we try to forge our own path, it's important to realize that there is an author to our path. There is an author to our purpose that is intrinsically tied to what our life is meant to look like, what our life is meant to, the path our life is meant to go down, right? And so that only comes in recognizing uh, the kingship of Christ, the, the, the finished work of Christ, right? And again, I, I jump down to uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. And it says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. 
set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And that is so powerful because it is saying that this finished work of Christ that he has already brought out, that he has already forged the path for us, that is where we find ourselves. As we find ourselves in Christ and Christ is within God, we are living on that perfect plane. We are living on that perfect path as long as we live in recognition of who our God is and who Christ is in the work that he has done, right? And so in understanding that that's so much freedom that is attached to that, uh, that it is not us that does the transforming that it talks about in a Rom uh, Romans chapter 12, that it is Christ who has already done the transforming, who has already done the work. And it's our duty to live in that truth and to live in, attached to that realness that he has already done the work and he is continuing to do a work in us. He is continuing to adjust us and readjust us as we go through our lives, right? And so it's attaching ourselves to our creator, to the forger of our path, and being in a place where we are content with being attached to Christ, but we are not comfortable with where we are in our, in our daily lives. Because when we get too comfortable, that's where we find ourselves going into that mode of, okay, what does it look like for me to forge a new path for myself? What does it look like for me to build upon uh, what I have already established or God has already established for me? And that's where a lot of disconnect comes because as we begin to reach into ourselves and say, what does it look like for me to build upon this? Christ is like, I'm the one that's continuing to do the work. So it's kind of submitting to the kingship kind of submitting to his author, uh, how he's our author of our destiny, author of our purpose, but understanding that it is only through him that we can live that purpose out. And as we close, the last point that I want to leave you guys with is let Jesus be the mold, right? So as we have broken our mold and understand how our mold is broken, furthermore, it's letting Jesus be the mold that we live that we live in right and that lives through us right there's no extra work that's involved with living uh in that mold it is him who does the work through us so if we look at second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 and it says this therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creature and the old has gone and the new has come Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has gone and the new has come. That is completely freeing. So as we've understood that there's a mold to be broken, there's a mold that we have constantly strived to attach ourselves to, to grow into, that we've tried to forge for ourselves on this earth. As we've broken that, there's a mold that has been created for us, right? That the gospel is the finished work of Christ, that I'm no longer the person that I used to be. I'm no longer the creature that I used to be, but I am new, that I'm renewed, right? And going back to where 
the Romans chapter 12, where it says that by testing you may discern that what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, right? And the only person that lived out this perfect motion, this perfect existence was Christ. And he lived that and died for us and rose again and completed a work for us. And so it is a finished work. It is not a work that uh, needs us to add anything on top, to build anything on top. Uh, We don't have to slave for it. There's nothing that we can do to earn or grasp what has been done by Christ on the cross. But it is our duty, like uh, Second Corinthians chapter five verse seventeen says, that we be in Christ, that we live in Christ, that we let Christ live through us, and that takes this, that takes obedience, that takes submission, that takes understanding that Christ has done exactly that, which is a finished work, which is a complete work, and He has our best in, best interest in mind. He has what He wants us to do in mind. We have so many other things that we can apply ourselves to on this earth. We have so many other things that we can uh, label as our purpose or what we need to do or what we want to do on this earth. But there's only one person that lived and existed and even died and rose again so that we can have a complete purpose, right? And as so, as we talk about, as we've been talking about purpose and in this series, Bullseye, what we, what we consider to be uh, the things that uh, tug on us in life, the things that um, Christ wants to do in our life and has done in our life and the path he has forged for us, it's important to remember that this is a finished work. This is a finished mold. Uh, there's nothing in the world that we can find that's cookie cutter, that, that fits whatever mold that we want to attach ourselves to Christ with. There's only one author, there's only one molder, and there's only one person that we attach ourselves to so that our purpose can be fulfilled on this earth, and that is Jesus Christ, right? And so when we think about to be molded, it's not about us molding ourselves. It's not about the things of the world. It's not about uh, our societal pressures, whether it's our family, our surroundings, our community, uh, all the things that are going on in the world. And there's a lot right now, and it's true. But it's the freedom that comes from just focusing on the most perfect person. And that is what rounds things off for all of us. That is what perfects the, the path that we take, uh, the steps that we take, uh, the people that we impact, the people that we deal with every single day, uh, how we react to circumstances and uh, happenings in the world. These are the things that create uh, intrinsic and perfect response to the world that we live in, but also to the God that serves us and desires us to serve him. And so in understanding that, I hope that you guys are able to really evaluate yourself in these three things and seeing that you are able to recognize what your mold is or what you've created for yourself, that you are able to break it and you are able to understand that Jesus is the mold. And so before we close off, I just want to pray for you guys and uh, we'll go about.
Father God, we just thank you that uh, you have given us a mold that is perfect, that is um, beyond our understanding, but that you have desired since the beginning for us to chase after. And today, Father God, I pray that we open ourselves up, that we open our minds up, our hearts up, so that we can be adjusted and readjusted by you, that we can be molded and put into the right path by you, Father God, that we give up the tedious task of trying to forge our own path and understand that you have finished the path for us. You have finished the purpose for us, and you have finished the completion of our purpose for us. And it is our duty to just live within that purpose, to let you live our purpose out through us and submit ourselves and be obedient to you, Father God. We thank you for the work that you are going to continue to do in our lives. We thank you that you are going to continue to mold us, and we just open ourselves up to you and let you do all the work and, all, and get all the glory out of it, Father God. It's in your mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, man, wasn't that a good word that we heard this morning? Uh, Brother Sonny, I just want to say thank you. And uh, man, I was encouraged. And one of the things that stuck out to me was the fact that we're not to be conformed into the image or into the customs and the culture of this world, but we're to be transformed. God is concerned about my transformation. And I can't be transformed into the person or become the person that God desires for me to become apart from sincere faith in him, dependency upon him, trust in him and the people that he puts me around to constantly remind me of that reality and of that truth. And so uh, as we move into this next phase of our of our worship um, I, I want to encourage you guys that the culture of this world is to essentially hoard up everything that you get. You know, all of the money that comes into your life, all of the things that, that, that you feel like you earn, the temptation is to hoard it. I feel the same temptation sometimes. You know, hey, this is my hard-earned money. I want to keep every dime of it. I don't really want to give to anybody or help anybody. I want my money. Um, but when I think about it, man, that's a very worldly and earthly way of viewing things. Um, God is a generous God. And the Bible says that God, his generosity is motivated because he is a loving God. The essence of who he is is love. For God so loved the world that he gave. So our giving is a response. Our generosity is a response, a byproduct to love. I want to read you guys a, a quick verse of scripture real quick. It's in First uh, Timothy chapter 6, and we're going to read verse 17. Uh, Paul says this, uh, as for the rich in this present age, right, the rich, and, and quite frankly, compared to the socioeconomic status of many people around the world, a lot of Americans are rich. Um, you may think, hey, I'm not rich. Bill Gates is rich. No, compared to so many other uh, incomes around the world, we are well off. We are rich. He says, charge them not to be haughty, not to be proud, right, nor to set their hopes, their, their, their confidence on the uncertainty of riches, we see the reality of that playing out before us today. The stock market is everywhere. The, you know, the housing market will, will probably crash. There's a lot of uncertainty as it pertains to wealth and riches. And God's saying, hey, don't put your hope there. Don't put your confidence there. 
Um, and then he says, but put your hope, put your confidence on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. See, God doesn't want you to have a dry, boring life. God actually wants you to enjoy your life and to enjoy the things that you labor for, right? But here's another thing God wants you to do. He says in verse 18, these people, you and me, they are to do good and to be rich in what? Good works and to be generous and ready to share thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that so that they may take hold of which is truly life see the true life that god intends for us to live is one of generosity and we can be generous because god was first generous to us and in his generosity he's allowed us to experience a love that none of us can put into words and it's this love that motivates my heart to want to give and want to be like jesus and it's not that difficult when you really start to trust Jesus and when you get around people who practice this. That's why community is so important. I'm encouraged by my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who lay their lives down and who are generous and you know it's authentic. It, it, it corrects me, it encourages me, it admonishes me, it inspires me. And so guys, I wanna inspire you this morning. Um, thank you for everybody who has been tracking with us and sewing um, into what's, what One Shot Church has been doing. We have actually noticed uh, over the past two months that we have given to 30 to 40% of all of what comes into One Shot Church has gone back out to help our communities in, in several different ways. And so guys, we can't do that kind of work without you and without your, uh, your dedication, not to us as a church, as a ministry, but to Jesus because you understand that Jesus is backing what One Shot Church is doing. Jesus is, is, is by God's grace, inspiring us to be obedient and to be good stewards of what he puts in our hands. So I wanna say thank you. And I also wanna encourage you guys, continue to exercise this generosity. You are blessed to be a blessing. You can't take this money with you when you leave. At best, you can leave it to somebody else and hope that they spend it and they do good with it. And so why, don't, why, why, why not model how to be a generous, follower of Jesus now. And so guys, I, I would just encourage you, there's two ways that you can give uh, to One Shot Church. You can give uh, with the link that's in the in the uh, description in this video. Um, you can also give at our website at One Shot Church forward slash give. And you can also give cash or check. You can, you can uh, uh, actually it's best for you to give online because we don't have a physical location yet. Um, but hey man, we would just encourage you continue to sow continue to believe and most of all continue to pray for us man because we believe that what god has called us to do is really going to help our city in a major way and we can't do that apart from the grace and the wisdom of jesus christ so i love y'all all my one shot friends and family i appreciate you love you i'm encouraged enjoy the rest of your sunday take it easy eat something good and enjoy come on somebody.